Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of your beautiful faces this morning on this beautiful spring day. Can we say that yet? It feels like it, though, right? I mean, the sun's out. It's supposed to get up in the 40s, right? Mid-40s. Well, it's always, again, good to be gathered together uh, with you. Uh, I just want to, again, welcome everybody watching online as well. And, you know, as, as Pastor Santiago shared, uh, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, how many Lions fans are in here? All right. Yes, this row, I see you right there. Um, yeah, the Detroit Lions aren't there, so I don't really care. Just, just kidding. I know, we're waiting, but wait till next year. Look out. Um, but, you know, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and, you know, I like to say, I mean, it's been hard for, for me, and to be honest, to get ramped up this year for some reason. No offense to Eagles and, and Chiefs fans. Uh, I just, I'm just so disconnected from those teams that um, I'm just, you know, it doesn't feel like a, a man, I'm going to just get myself in trouble probably, but it doesn't feel like a normal Super Bowl year. I don't mean that in any disrespect. I know, I know, it's okay. Boo me down. Um, but it's, you know, it's, and I, as I would say, even if it was a Lions game and understanding, you know, if our team, whoever your team is, uh, was there, you know, it would be very, we'd be very passionate and very excited about it. But as everybody always says, remember, it's still a game, right? Everybody feel like that? Patrick, you feel like that when you played? You know, it's just a game. <laughs> it's, uh, it is, you know, it's, but it's, we're, we're, we are passionate about it. It's something about those teams, about representing us. But again, to remember it's a game, to remember that they're there by choice, right? I mean, these players show up there. Um, but we hear these terms, and some of it's just to build it up for us. You know, you're going to hear things like, you know, it comes down to this. You know, the, it's the clash of the titans, right? Or watch these two teams battle it out on the, the gridiron. Or, you know, war will take place in the trenches. And, you know, again, some would say that, and I, I'm, again, I'm going to start getting myself into more trouble, which I seem to be good at, but some would say that there's, it is, it's a great sacrifice to be an athlete in the NFL. And, you know, in one sense, I would agree with that statement, but I would also place a little bit of caution with using the word sacrifice there. Um, sacrifice, by definition, is the act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. And, you know, while there are these players give a lot of their physical kind of being and, and they, they learn the craft well and they give tremendous hours, most of them are compensated pretty well. Does anybody know who the highest played player in the NFL last year was? Nope. You're probably most people's favorite player, least favorite player. No, nope. Aaron Rodgers. I know it's hard to get that off your tongue for, for Bears fans. But Aaron Rodgers got paid a, 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 a cool, low $50.3 million for the year. Just for fun, I broke it down. I think my mathematics were correct. It's $137,808 a day, 137,000, so it's hard to even say it with a straight face, $137,000 a day, right? So, so I think we need to kind of pause a touch when we use the word sacrifice, while I understand the, you know, the dangers of playing a sport like that, a full contact sport, and you see the injuries, and I know that there's many things being done to try to you know, protect the players, and I, I agree with all that. But you know, to use sort of like these military terms, uh, for this thing, and I do it, and I'm not criticizing, it's just go with it, all right, just today, just understand what I'm saying. But, but we use these military terms, but I, I, with that, I would like to look at 
kind of our military, right? Military members. And, you know, I think when using the word sacrifice, probably one of the greatest places to look would be military members, right? Military families, people that, again, sacrifice. Um, just want to share a couple of stories I came across online. One that took place back in 2019 in a hot summer night in the Wardak province of Afghanistan. A special operations U.S. Army Rangers force was uh, beginning an assault. And basically in those kind of settings, as you know, just bad things can happen very quickly. And so there was a huge explosion injuring three of the Rangers. And amidst the rounds of machine gun fire, rockets, and grenades, two Ranger combat medics, Army Staff Sergeant, Sar Sergeant Charles Bowen and Army Sergeant Ty Abel, they leapt into action to save six American lives that night. Three of their friends had been severely wounded. And they're so amidst, and again, imagine in the, in the optimal, you know, in the operating room, a surgeon or doctor doing their work in, you know, the sterile, clean setting with the lights and everything's there. And, you know, here are these guys, you know, bullets are flying, explosions are going off, they're dragging their friends, it's dark, and they're performing, you know, a, a just necessary life-saving uh, procedures to keep these, these three men alive. And one of the procedures that took place that night, and it was very new at that time, was called a Ranger Olo, or Rolo, uh, is it tighter? Tighter, right? Tighter protocol. And this is what it, what it is, and it's, it's fascinating. It's actually where it's a, it's a blood transfer, but literally one of the other rangers volunteered, and it's straight from his body into the other person. That, that was kind of the, the, where they, they'd run out of their blood supply that they had with them. And to keep this person alive, one of their brothers-in-arms said, take my blood and just put it directly into the other person. And so they, they did this, and they did it, again, in these horrific settings, um, and they were able to, again, save the lives of these three men as a result. Sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, in a literal war zone. I want to read one more, just one more thing, one more account here that I came across as well. And this comes back from the Second World War. Um, and this gentleman by the name of John Robert Fox, uh, he stands out. And he added his name to the history books was awarded the Medal of Honor for his sacrifice made one December day, 1944. This is just incredible. So he was, um, he was an African-American man, and, and when war broke out, he took his commission, joined the 92nd Infantry Division. It was a segregated, segregated division for African-American soldiers that fought with distinction throughout the conflict. Listen to this. So when his, his unit, and again, it was in the European theater, um, and basically everything had gone bad. They were on the retreat. They were being overrun. <clears throat> and he, was, uh, he found himself in this house as, 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 again, they were being overrun and being chased. And the, the enemy forces were basically all around him. He knew that a lot of the majority of his, his, his brothers in arms were you know, trying to get away. And he saw the enemy troops around him. And so he, he radios this call in. Um, and he orders basically a barrage of fire on his location, right? So where he's standing, he calls it in to the point that the gunner who received the call points this out and says, you know, you must be a mistake. You're, you're ordering fire onto where you were at. And this is, this is what he says, right? Put yourself just for a minute in that situation. And this is what his answer is. He says, <clears throat> fire it. There's more of them than there are of us. And with that, they fired, and he lost his life as a result. But they, they took out, I think it was like 100 enemy forces, and his brothers in arms were able to escape and live. 
Sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. And so, you know, I, I, I lay out these stories and I lay out this sort of, this setting for us today. And, you know, here you have three characteristics of these, what I would say, these soldiers, right? And, you know, the, these three things that you, you see coming through, I would believe, in, in, in these stories and any other story um, that you may hear from the battlefield. The first characteristic is that to serve, to serve. Serving is, you know, putting others before yourself. It's, it's putting yourself as less in one sense because you're serving somebody. And that's, you know, you even say, you know, if you're in the military, you serve in the military. You're serving your country. You're serving the people, of the citizens of this country. And, you know, you're doing something that is far greater than yourself. You also share, right? In one sense, I mean, it, literally even blood, you know, it, it was shared with their brothers in arms as it was being transferred from one body to the next. But you share, you know, and that's something, again, some of us probably do better than others, right? Sharing. And lastly, there's, there's this idea, or not this idea, it's really this characteristic of giving. And you give even when the cost is high. As we read there at the end of, again, John Robert Fox, as he gave the ultimate price of his life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, for me, because I think that concept, unless you're in that setting or in that moment or have ever even come to that place where sort of your life is, is, is on the line, so to speak, it's almost like a, a, a comic or something just um, foreign to us. Because to think about that, and again, we don't know until we're in that position, you know? Like, would we be willing to, 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 to sacrifice our life so others may live? Would we be willing to do that? And so, again, this, this idea of giving, even when the cost is high. And so, again, you know, every one of these areas would translate to this, this term we're, we're kind of exploring today of, of sacrifice. And I want to just take a moment. I kind of want to break down the three um, characteristics that I mentioned here of serving, sharing, and giving. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. And a lot of times here, I really like to just, you know, we like to take a chunk of scripture and we kind of just really pull it apart. Today, we're going to kind of just touch and go on a few different ones. It'll be a little different format, but um, it's, all, it's all tied together, though, and it's all throughout scripture. And, and all of these, uh, these characteristics, if you will, as a Christian, apply still today to us, and we can see it in scripture. First Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And I want to pause there. Um, as many of you know, or if you remember from last week, this, this, this past weekend, or all Friday and Saturday, our vision team met, met. And together here for about four hours on Friday night, about four hours on Saturday morning. And, you know, we were, the big focus of our time together was actually dealing with what's called church conflict. Anybody ever heard of that? Yeah. Not here, right? No conflict here. We're all good. Um, but no, if, if you've been in the church for a minute, sadly, you're, you're, I mean, you're going to see church conflict. And it's not a surprise, and it's not even a surprise to, to the Lord as far as in his body. There's, there's conflict sometimes. And, but the good news is there's a way to go about it. And one of the things we discovered, and you're going to hear a lot more about this in the next weeks to, few weeks to come, is, is this idea of, of loving one another. And there are, there are many one another statements throughout the Bible, which we're going to explore um, in a few weeks and it's important because we have to understand that we are, are together here. We're a body that works together, right? 
and we have to have an awareness of one another. That's the idea even in one of the, I think, most profound statements I heard or things that really challenged me um, while we were talking about church conflict, but, but uh, the, the presenter, uh, Gary, was saying that even in worship, we've often heard it said, you know, it's, it's, it's focus is, is, is God. Our focus should be vertical, which I agree with, and he would say he agrees with too, but he, he mentioned the fact that really we also need to be aware of the horizontal focus as well, meaning we have to be aware of, of, of one another. We have to, we should be entering in together. And if we're not, it's like we cannot be in um, where there's relationship or there's a split or there's divisiveness or there is a fracture or there is whatever other word you want to use in the church. That can't, that can't remain. You understand? And so we have to do what, because we're called to, as believers, we're called to, again, and that's the greatest thing that, that uh, is a cancer in churches, is that when there is division and divisiveness. And so, you know, he's like, we have to address those things oftentimes because before, until that's in place, how can we go vertical with God? Now, God can help with the horizontal, help to restore those relationships. And, and that was what was beautiful about the weekend. I mean, uh, you know, they even did kind of an example like uh, uh, conflict that happened in the church and we kind of went step by step through it and how, how do you engage and what, what can we do to, to make this right? And so it was very helpful, very encouraging. And, you know, you may be saying, you know, Pastor Dell, how does that play into vision, <laughs> the vision plan for this church? This is the vision team. But I tell you, and that's, that's what happened the last time we met and this time we met, until we get things cleaned up here in the church, we, it's, we really have no business looking outside the church. And it's a lot like a, a marriage or, or a home, and especially, you know, for, for elders or for, like, pastors and things like that, where if your home life is not in order, again, it's not going to always be, it's not going to be perfect at all times, but if it's not in order, then you have no business being up here, you have no business leading in the church, right? Because that's your first ministry, and so for us, I believe the biggest disservice we've done to God and to the Bible and, and to, again, the, the witness of the church is the... the, the I'm, gonna, I'm not going to curse, don't worry. But the silly things, the, the foolish things that we get caught up on in the church and the way we act. I'm going to treat your silence as amens because, because it's truth, right? It's truth. And so, again, we have to work towards re resolution and resolving these things. And God, because of the, the power of the Spirit of God and what he can do and what we can accomplish with his help, we can work through these things. And so I just want to, I need to get back to my notes here, but just that first line of loving one another earnestly. That's like a persevering, right? It's a perseverance. It's, it's to love one another deeply. And again, the closest thing I know is, is my relationship with my wife, and I, I love her deeply. She loves me deeply. Does it mean we get along all the time? No, <laughs> it doesn't. But we work through those things. We persevere through those things. We love earnestly. And so I want to challenge us as we, we begin this. Above all, keep loving one another, and we'll get more into those later. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, 
To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. On that amen, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for this message. I pray that it, it challenges us. God, again, we don't, we don't like to raise our hand and say, yeah, I, I love to be challenged. I love to have my feelings kind of, you know, uh, riled up a little bit. But God, we know that you, you correct us out of love. You want us to walk a certain way because you love us and you know it's the best. And so, God, I pray that, that my words today are your words that you would speak to our hearts and that we would really take it to heart and to ponder and, and to, again, to let the word just penetrate deeply into our lives, that it would produce change. And we trust you with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who, anybody here, who are my parking lot guys? Who are, don't, don't be ashamed. Like, you don't have to be ashamed. Uh, raise your hands high. Can you guys come up here real quick? I, I know. Sorry. Just, just if you humor me, just come up. Don't worry. Come on. I know you don't want this attention. I'm not going to make you sing or dance. Just come forward. Just come forward. Come forward. Please. It's okay. Brad, I see it too, man. Just, I know. It's okay. <laughs> just, just come up. Come and just stand here. We're not going to throw things at you. Just, we're going to shower with you with love, right? You can face the audience. You don't have to face me. Just, just kind of line up across here. So let me just come down here. So this is Tom. Everybody say hi, Tom. Tom. All right. Tom is, is just a really neat guy. And Tom, you know, you, know, you serve out there pretty often, right? Yeah. Did you get any of the cold days over the winter? We didn't really have a cold winter, but, but a few. Um, so uh, did you get your paycheck, by the way? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So you actually didn't get paid anything for, for serving out there? compensated in love, yes. Okay. So he had a compensation, but it was in love, if you didn't hear that. So he, he serves. Why? Why do you serve? Because I love these people. I, <laughs> thanks. And listen, as you can tell, if you didn't tell by the, their reluctance to come up, this is not, I didn't talk to them about coming up here. This is, this is authentic. Jim, how long have you been a part, member of the church? Um, about 35 years. All right. And you serve in the parking lot? I do. Can you, can, why, I mean, you can't steal his answer. You got to come up with something else now. But why do you serve? Well, I really feel that um, it's where I've been called by the Lord to serve the people of this church. Yeah. It's where he wants me. And so, amen. Give him, give him a hand. And so, you know, again, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a heart to serve here. And this is a member, you said 35? 35 years-ish? Mm -hmm. 35 years. And there's no, like... You think if you're going to climb the ladder <laughs> in 35 years, you know, you should have a nice plush seat somewhere up right up here in the front, you know, with a high back and reclining probably. But he's serving in the parking lot when it's snowing and raining, right? Leading from the front by being the first face that you see out there. So thanks, Jim, and thanks, Tom. And what's your name, sir? I'm Frank. Frank. I love this guy, too. If, you, if you've come up and, and pulled in, you know, if you see him, and I don't know, I don't know, I, I, if you see him and he's not smiling at you, there's probably something really wrong, and you might want to stop and check in on him, because it's, it's the smile, it's the welcome when you walk, pull in the parking lot, and he's out there in the snow, in the rain, in the cold, and he's smiling at you, right? And what? I don't what? think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, and you may not realize it, and it's okay, because it's you, and, and, and why do you, I mean, it just in a couple words, why do you, sir? Glorify God. 
That's why I do it. There you go. Right? Because we do it for the audience of one, is what we would say. He's not looking for, he doesn't care. None of these guys wanted to come up here, as you could see. They wouldn't be up here, and they're probably dying inside right now. But, but they're here, and they serve, and they're faithful, and we don't have to drag them out there. In fact, we have to drag them in. Like, I tell, tell Holly all the time, like, get them inside every now and then at least, you know, so they can be in here. But they serve. And it's not out of convenience. <laughs> all right, Brad, the one I know you were. Brad's one of our elders. And um, how long have you, you been here? Uh, seven, eight years. And how, how come you serve, like, other than you're scared of Holly or something like that? How about you serve? <laughs> I, I love the warm handshakes and uh, greeting everybody in the morning to come in safely. Yep. So, yeah, give me a hand. And again, you know, you, you hear the reasons why these guys serve. And, and Brad, I know, again, Brad and Julie, I just, Brad's an elder, and you say, well, that's kind of his. But these guys are, you guys are always on point, and I really, really appreciate that. Like, if we need something, they're there. They serve in multiple worlds, him and Julie's his wife, and they're always serving. Their, you'll see them everywhere, not just in the parking lot. And it's just, again, it's the heart that, like, I love that just attitude. Like, whatever you need, we'll, we'll do it. So give these guys another round of applause. Thank you for coming up. And your, your check is, is not in the mail, so um, just to be clear. But, you know, when you, when you serve from a place, when you do something from a place like that, right, where it's your heart, it's, it's your desire to give of what you have, whatever that is, then that's, that's what you get. And that's why when they're out there, you know, a lot of times I walk in and they wave at me, they're smiling, you see them kind of laughing, talking together, because they're doing it out of a place that's, that's you, money can't buy, right? They're not looking for a return. They're just looking to give of themselves. And so it's huge. And, and in John chapter, uh, I have 12 through 15. Do you guys have the verse up there? John 13, sorry, I didn't have, it fell off here. John 13, 12 through 15. It says, when he had washed, this is Jesus in the upper room, when he had washed the feet of the disciples and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? So again, here's this scene right after Jesus washes the disciples' feet. The Messiah, the promised Messiah, Jesus, the one who walks on water, performs miracles, son of God, is God, is about to go to the cross to die for all of our sins. And he's seen washing feet. All right? Verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Now, how many people have had their feet washed by someone else? God bless you. Here. And yes, yeah, sometimes in church, outside of church, has it happened to anyone? The grocery store, when you had like go to somebody's house? Can you say awkward, right? And even if you've done it in the church, it's really strange to have, not a stranger, but somebody that's not married to you or related to you touching and washing your feet. Because we know that they can be funky, right? Some of us more than others. And it's such a thing. Now, let me just explain. You may not understand. Like, we wear shoes and socks, and we don't walk a lot. 
unless it's for fun or for exercise. In, these, in, in the time when Jesus walked, these guys are walking nonstop with sandals. Their feet are exposed. There's dirt. There's, you know, on those paths, animals will typically, there would be droppings of all sorts and sizes and smells and consistencies. And they would sometimes walk through those. So the feet were not a pleasurable place to hang around, okay? And it was always the lowliest person in the household that would wash the feet of somebody, right? It was the lowest position because, frankly, nobody wanted. And here's the deal. You know, there's this, this description of foot washing here, but where were the disciples? And why were they not, why did not, they not take the lead and say, hey, can, can, we, can I wash everyone's feet? Or can I wash your feet, Jesus? They weren't. But yet Jesus does this, and he does so as an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. For those of you who have heard of Richard Foster, again, just a, an amazing writer, will challenge you. Uh, Celebration of Disciplines is a great book that you can, you can pick up. It, it, will, it will challenge you. It will pull you deeper into your walk with the Lord. But this is what he says, and it's a much longer statement, but I just took this one part. He says this, As the cross is the sign of submission, so the towel is the sign of service. Meaning in this sense, as Jesus wrapped this towel around him, again, the cross was a sign of him submitting his will to his father. The towel was the sign of serving others. And so we see very clearly, again, him, him doing this by example. Our Savior, our Messiah, the one that we sang about this morning, got on his knees and cleaned the most nasty, dirty feet you could imagine as an example that we are to serve, and it should be a place, and from a place of sacrifice, serving. Next is sharing. Acts chapter 4, if you want to turn there in your, your Bibles, it will be on the screens as well. Acts chapter 4. And for those who have been around the church for a little bit, we've gone through a lot of the book of Acts, and we, we went through this. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that again, but... Acts chapter 4, in, in verse 32 and 33, it says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that, that any, of, uh, any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Let me explain something, especially kind of going with this military sort of imagery. I'll tell you, you share everything in the military, probably more so than you, you want to. I remember in basic training, and it was, it was one of our first, it might have been our first night, and it's, that first day is very uh, traumatizing, <laughs> humbling is a nice way to put it, but your whole world is rocked. Whatever you thought you were prepared for, it, go, it go, falls away pretty quick. And, you know, we were kind of jammed into this shower stall, this shower room, and it had stalls. And for every shower head, again, you know, well, I've been in high school. You know, I had to shower and stuff like this. It's not a big deal. Let me explain something. At least where I was at, I don't know how it was for you. We had stalls, and they shoved eight of us in each stall, okay? So about this gap and maybe this deep, you have eight full-grown men. I'm not going to keep painting the imagery, but it gets uncomfortable very quickly, okay? And the thing was, wherever the shower, so basically you had to, like, you're moving, 
right? This is, you're just like literally, and you get your one pass by the water to get wet, and then you're going like this, and so then you're lathering and you're, you're getting everything ready because you only get one more pass to rinse, right? And so you come up, you get your pass, whether the soap's off or not, that's it. You're done, and you had to get out. And it went on like this, whether it was the bathrooms and no, no walls, just stall, no stalls, it was just toilets. I mean, everything, you're, all your privacy is gone. And you share everything. It's, it's just the way it's, but what it is, is it's, they, they kill self in, in, in everyone, meaning that's not a bad thing. You will not be selfish. You will, you will know every single thing about, and probably more than you want to know about the person to your right and to your left. They become almost like family to you. They do become family, really. That's why it's called a brotherhood or a sisterhood. There's, there's something about that. And so, again, you know, it's, 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 it's just important. And they, they're, they're removing, over time, this hint of individuality, right? What do we celebrate as Americans? Right? You're smiling and nodding. I know. It's true, though, right? In our culture, I'm my own person. I'm me. It doesn't matter who my brother was, like physically, my brother or sister, or my mom and dad. At some point, I, once I'm an adult, I'm, it's, I'm my own person. And there's some good to that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about like conformity. But what I'm saying, though, is, is if, I think it's natural and it's almost celebrated in our culture to be all about us and have individuality. And we do what we want to do, right? And so... You know, this idea here, as we read in Acts chapter 4, it says they had everything in common. And I want you to think about what that means. It means they were serving one another. They were being aware of one another. They were, they were together often. They were gathering together. They were always, you know, aware of the needs within the, the group. And so they had everything in common. They were sharing with one another. And it says, with great power, the apostle give, apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this. And it, and it says, and great grace was upon them all. Long Grove Community Church, if it's one thing that we want in this place, it's grace. Especially the grace of God. To, to know that we, we're walking in great grace of the Lord, and he sees us, and he... And again, grace is not the, 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 the um, ignoring of sin, but it gives us place to make mistakes. It gives us a place so when, you know, if we, we get out of line, and, and this is, again, something we learn over the weekend, again, this church, this church conflict, right? And what I loved, it was, it was, it was, it was talking to people in, in truth and in love, right? Those two things, truth and love. I think too many times we focus on loving and we think that loving somebody does not allow us to tell them the truth. We think that if I say something or if I, if I see something in you and you're my brother or sister in Christ and I see something wrong that's eventually it's going to hurt you or could hurt this congregation and I fail to say something or if I do say something, it's not loving you. But again, for those of us, if you've had kids or if you've been around kids or if you have family members, there comes a time when you have to say the truth. You do it in love. You may not get the response you want, but you still have to be faithful to address the problem, right? The sin. And so, again, understanding as, as they're, they're in uh, this setting and they had great grace upon them all. 
That's something I, I think that we all need to have. And I believe that as, the way this scripture reads, it's, it's they had everything in common. So while they were loving one another, while they were sharing with one another, and, and again, the word of God was being preached, that is an environment for grace to abound. And we need that. We need it. We serve, we share, and finally we give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 I have almost this whole passage highlighted in my notes, so I'll, we'll see how we get through here. It says, the point is this, all right? The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Everyone must give as he is decided in his heart, not reluctantly or in a compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. How many are, no, don't raise your hands. You don't want to make everybody else feel bad or uncomfortable. But I know some of you are cheerful, cheerful givers. You know what? We saw four people up here that are cheerful givers. And can I tell you something? It was a rhetorical question. I'm going to tell you anyway. But when I see those four men, I, I don't have to wonder about their like, financial giving to the church. You know why? Because I know where their hearts are. And I, I, I don't see, I don't know what you, anybody gives here. I don't look at that. It's, it's just, it's, it's the best way. And I just minister. So, you know, if you're feeling convicted about anything at this point, it's the Lord, it's not me. But it's, I, when I see people's hearts and I see that, that why, do they, why do they give? It wasn't to gain anything. They give of their, their, themselves, their time. And so their, their resources are just, it's just another thing. And so, again, you know, we have to, we give, we must give as we are decided in our hearts, not reluctant or under compulsion. Again, a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace, there's that word again, all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may bound, abound in every good work. How many would love to have sufficiency in all things at all times? Praise the Lord, right? As it is written, verse 9, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So who supplies the seed to the sower? The Lord, right? And I want you to catch that. The Lord supplies the seed to the sower. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, conversation, sometimes, you know, debate over when we use the word tithing in the church. You know, well, we're not in the Old Testament anymore. Um, some people say that tithing went away with the New Covenant. Some people say, you know, well, no, it carries over. And, you know, I think we lose the, the point of the whole thing if we get caught up in those details. Now, again, I think there are places, settings, where we can have those conversations. Um, but I just want, to, I want you to take this away from it, is when we see everything in the Old Testament became more and better in the New Testament because of what Jesus did on the cross. 
as everything, you know, again, the, the sacrifices that were made, it was, it was all pointing to the perfect sacrifice of the Lord dying on the cross. And through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross has given us a way to have relationship with our creator, has given us eternal life. And so our natural response should be that of one that gives freely. One that gives, and again, it, you know, we can get caught up in, in, in our finances. Our money is, is, is part of it because you, you think about it, and some of you right now just got really tense when I mentioned the word money. You actually almost, some guys are kind of like making sure their wallet is still there right now. Because it's just, it's one of those areas in the church, you know? Because as soon as you hear about money, it's like, oh, there it is. I knew he was going to get there. See, she, she heard the word money, and she got mad. <laughs> I scared her, was it last week too, you know, when I was, we were doing baby dedications, so keep praying for me, and I'll work on her. But, but it's true, right? It's true. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to talk about it. It's just kind of like this thing. But again, we see in the Old Testament versus the New Testament this giving generously. And, you know, I don't want you to get caught up on how much. You know, is it 10%? Is it whatever? Which 10% was not the accurate number. It was more like 20-some percent or even more uh, once you kind of factored in everything that they gave. But what I wanted to say, let me just give you these few things. One is this. Giving should stretch us a bit. Okay? There's been times I've given, you know, a lot and been able to do really well. There's other times where I haven't been able to. And I guess the question is, does your giving hurt just a little bit? If it doesn't, then you may start somewhere, right? Start somewhere. It should hurt just a little bit because it's stretching us. We're, there's an act of sort of faith when, when we give, especially of, our, of our, our resources, our finances, if you will, because... You know, that's, you're, not, you're not just giving to this, this church, this, this building, or this, what we do here. You're giving, that's your act of giving to the Lord. And, and trust me, because I've seen it time and time again, when people don't, aren't faithful in that, and like, but they can't make ends meet. I know in my own personal life, there's been times when I haven't been faithful in my giving, and it feels like just everything tightens down. And when I'm faithful and I'm doing that, like, like I should, and again, I'm not sitting here like I'm putting a bumper sticker on my car, like, yeah, give to the church. You know, I'm not trying to, to, to do that because I still, you know, I'm still, we try and there's, there's good times, there's bad times, there's times where we're without. But I think of the, the, the widow with the two mites. You remember that story in the scripture? That is like next to nothing. But for her, it was everything. And she gave, and she, she was, she's blessed because of that. There's been times in my life where, where I've, I've shown, and it's been a hard season, and then all of a sudden, just stuff starts happening, <laughs> where, where finances and resources begin to come in from places I didn't expect. But let me just be clear, though. I don't do it for that reason. And this is where, again, you have to understand, it's, it's the attitude of the heart matters, Right? So I don't want you to approach giving in this church as like, well, Pastor Dell, he's going to preach another message I give, and if I don't do something, so then you put something in here. It makes me feel better. I don't know if anybody sounds like that, really, but you need to, you need to hear what I'm saying. You're not going to hear messages about tithing all the time from the front. You know why? Because that's between you and God. God sees your heart. He sees what you give. He, he knows. And so, but I want to challenge this. Why? Because I want God's best for you. 
And I want God's best for this body of Christ. And you know what that means? That means we're all walking in obedience to the Lord, right? I don't, I don't get like a commission off of every week's offering, just so you know. If we get a big offering this week, I don't get more money in my paycheck. Nothing happens like that. So I'm not doing this for that reason. I'm doing it because I love you. And I want you to understand the truth, and I'm going to do it in love. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. And again, watch what God does. Watch what God does in your life. And it should be, again, one other point on this is that it should also be our first fruits. You know what some of us do? Because I, I, I know I've been there before. Let me take care of everything, and I'll see what's left at the end. Right? Just keep looking at me. We'll see what's left at the end. I've been there. I, I'm talking about, let me just talk about me. And you know what happens every time I do that? I never have anything left for the church, for God. Because, you know, I've got some extra money, so I'm either going to get that thing I've wanted or I'm going to go out to eat that extra time. You know, I'll even buy something for somebody else and say, Lord, there you go. <laughs> I want to encourage you, even if you are a faithful giver, make sure it comes off the top. Make sure it is like the first thing you do. Because everything else will come crashing in <laughs> if you don't. So let's move into just some, a way to kind of start kind of tying all this together. I want to just pull this all together for us. Again, coming back to that word, what was the word we started with today? Yeah, sacrifice, right? There's a lot of S's, so I understand. It's sacrifice and all of these things, right? All of these things, serving, sharing, giving, they should be done sacrificially. It's not going to be done out of convenience all the time. I want to say this. Let me just say this. I'm going to talk a lot about me because I'm just, I want you to understand I'm the same as you. I don't get a special pass. I don't get special, you know, like power from the Lord to do certain things. But, you know, my, my wife was here singing. My son was playing the piano. You know, if you come around the church at all during the week, you will see my family here a lot. And I'm not saying that, again, I don't, we don't need bumper stickers or stars or whatever, but we serve. Why? Because, because we, we want to, and God has called us to. And that's not in my job description. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't, you know, you don't get the whole family as a package deal when you hire a pastor. But we serve because we're told to, and, and, and we want to honor God. And so I want to encourage all of you, again, you know, to, to do that out of a place where there's a sacrifice. I tell you, my kids, my boys here, are sitting right here, two of my oldest, you know, if they're honest, they could probably think of 57 other things to do on a Saturday morning than come to a surf Saturday. Video games, sleeping, right, eating, I mean, whatever, you name it. Because it's not, but you, if you see them here serving, you're not going to see a bad attitude. I mean, they might be having a bad day sometimes, but, but you understand what I'm saying? Their heart is to, to, to serve and to be a part of things. And so, again, I want to just ask us today in these questions of how are we doing in each one of these? How are you doing today? How are you doing in, in serving the body of Christ? How are you doing in sharing with the body of Christ? And how are you doing in giving to the body of Christ and to the Lord? You know, if you had to hold up a number, one to 10, above your head, <laughs> and rate yourself, 
you know, what would you do? Would you hold it really high or would you kind of be like, like this, right? And again, there's not any condemnation here. Now, if there's conviction from the Holy Spirit, then, then praise God for that. Because <laughs> it means your heart is soft and open to, to correction. But how would we score ourselves? How, would, how are we doing? And, you know, here are, again, some of the common responses or common, common things that we seem to let ourselves off the hook. And some say, again, I don't have the time to serve. Now, if you say that, <laughs> I would want to, you know, ask you to really be careful before you would say something like that. You, know, you may need to build margin into your life a little bit. You may, you know, and again, listen, you know, if you're a single mom raising five kids by herself, might be able to use that excuse because she's serving her family, right? Working three jobs. I'm not talking about that person, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The other funny thing, and this is humorous to me, I think some of y'all forget that I'm, some of you have friended me on Facebook. Now, if you go and delete me now, don't, I'm going to know. I see what you guys do. <laughs> I can't make serve Saturday this weekend, you know. And there's pictures of you on the beach and, you know, like whatever, just having, you know. It's fine. It's okay to, I'm not going to judge you <laughs> much. Just kidding. Uh, we make time for what's important to us, right? And is there anything wrong with going to the beach? No, there's not. Even if you have to miss a serve Saturday, if it's, you haven't been with your family in a long time and you need that Saturday to be, you know, spending with your family just to invest, then do it. I'm not going to. But, but when we say we don't have time, let's just be, be honest. <laughs> we haven't made time, right? We haven't made time. Some of also we bought into the lie that, that we have nothing to offer. And that's a lie from, from the pit of hell. Because God has placed gifts in each and every one of you in this room. Every person watching online, you have a gift that God has given you, has blessed you with. And how can you use that to, to, to further his kingdom, to, to help the church, to be a part of things? You know, again, it doesn't, some people, you know, some people are blessed with wealth. And they can, they can, they can give that and help the church a lot and help the work of the kingdom here. But maybe you don't have a lot, and that's okay. So then what can you do? we got to stop making excuses for why we can't do something and start finding excuses to do something. That you do have something to offer. Don't buy into that lie. Some believe they can't afford to give financially right now because you can't, you know, but I would say you can't afford not to. Give something. Go without that Starbucks coffee one week or whatever, you know, just there, there's always something. Be faithful in, the, in that small amount and watch what God does. Again, if your heart's there, it's, it's, it's in the right place. You know, many in our American culture, we have little to no concept of inconvenience or sacrifice, as we said, because everything is very comfortable, right? Most of us probably didn't walk here this morning. Where, you know, we got the air or the heat on, the fans are gone, we have a temperature that's hopefully pretty comfortable for most people. You know, the chairs, yeah, they're plastic, and the pastor can preach long, but you're in a chair, you're not sitting on a dirt floor or something, right? So we, we like our comforts, and so... Again, this isn't even a criticism of our, necessarily of our, our culture because we, we have a lot of things to be thankful for, but, but what, if we're not careful and continue to bring ourselves back to that place of realization that, you know, <laughs> I live a very comfortable life. We'll still find something to complain about, though, won't we? I know I do. But the reality is, is we live a very comfortable life, and so if we're not careful, we can get sucked into the culture of just 
no understanding of what inconvenience or sacrifice. You know, many say that uh, I, I love my church. And I wrote this down. I said, I said, you can only love something to the extent that you are willing to sacrifice for it. You can only love something to the extent what you're willing to sacrifice for it. When I say that I love my wife and my kids, I will literally lay my life down. I will put my life, my body in front of a, a train or a truck so that they might live. That's the depth of my, when I say I love, that's what I mean. And when we say that we love this church, what does that mean for you and for me? What are the places of your life today that you could create margin, you could create space in where you're not running yourself so ragged that you, you have nothing left to give? And lastly, if you say, if we say, this is the word of God, then why don't we obey it? And I say we because I'm in that too. And I'm challenging myself, again, preparing for messages like this. It, it hurts my feelings, right? It does. And I swear that the Holy Spirit just shines spotlights. And, and then you start doing like, well, how can I get up and preach? Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not perfect. And God's working on areas in my life. But when that dropped in my, in my heart that if we say this, this is it, this is our standard, then, then why don't we live by it? Right? And I don't, we're not going to reach perfection this side of eternity, but it should be something we're always working towards. Amen? I want to invite the worship team to come up as we prepare to, to close here. You know, the, the whole thing from all of this, is, it's, again, this is a, it's, a, it's a heavier day. It's a heavier sermon, and I understand that, and, but we need it. We need to be reminded today. We need to be brought to this place where, where we're faced with truth and love. And I want to encourage each one here to, to, to take an inventory, to allow the Holy Spirit to take an inventory of your life today. And I don't have to lay it out for you. I don't have to point anything out to you because, again, God is going to do that. Especially if we ask him, Lord, show me in my life place of somewhere I need to grow in and, and from this message today where I need to be challenged you know, we, we have something in the military called a PMCS. It's Preventive Maintenance Checks and Services. This is especially important when you work on aircraft, like I did. Because as many of you know, a, a helicopter cannot pull to the side of the road should something go wrong. We have to do inspections all the time, and we have to sometimes replace parts or fix things that maybe aren't even broken yet because they're showing a certain amount of wear because we don't want some catastrophic failure while the thing is flying. And so today, I want you to see our time today as, as that, a PMCS, that we're, we're checking things out. You're checking things out today in your own life. And before the wheels come off and, and all things just kind of, everything just falls apart, let's address those areas. Maybe your check oil light is on today, right? And you've been resetting it in your life. and resetting it. You figured out how to do that without actually dealing with it and fixing it. Because you go too long, then something is gonna is gonna go wrong. And so today I just would I just wanna in this next few moments, we're gonna end here in just a moment. But I'd like to invite you just to bow your heads. Bow your heads. And I want you just to spend a moment and, and just this, this these next few minutes 
just ask the Lord, where, where, Lord, are you asking me? Where are you asking me to, to grow? Where are you asking me to give, to give more? My time, resources, commitment. I believe with all my heart when we ask questions like that, the Lord truly smiles because he knows that his children desire to be obedient, desire to grow. I want to do something a little different this morning. And I want to ask if, if, if God has spoken to you or if, if you've seen something in your life where you need to grow, I'm going to, again, it's different, but I want you, I want you to step out and just come to the front because I want to pray for you. It doesn't mean if you stay in your seat that it's not, but, but if there's a something that really stands out, and I'm not going to ask you what it is, if that's you this morning, I want you just to come to the front. It's just an act to say, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand today, and I'm going to step out. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to do better. You've called me to more, and I want to be faithful in that. Thank you for coming forward. You can just face me. Just turn around, but you can face this way. And don't miss this moment. We're, just gonna just, we're not going to linger here long. I think sometimes there's something about putting an action to a commitment. It's like when you write a goal down, <laughs> something that stands out, until you put it in writing, it's never going to happen. And that's really what this is. And my, also my encouragement for those that are considering to come forward, and if you're thinking about it right now and you're kind of getting sweaty and hot, right, that you need to come forward because... God's working on your heart. Because what you're seeing here is you're seeing you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. We all are growing. We all need to step into things. We all, there are times of disobedience in our lives. And the beauty of Jesus Christ is that there's forgiveness through the cross. Anybody else want to join these amazing people in the front here? If you're watching online, just if you want to raise a hand there, I know you can do that online. Just just put a hand there just so that the person monitoring that knows. Let me pray for you and for us. Father God, I thank you so much for every single person down here. And I thank you for, again, just for the fact that they took that step. And as I said, that they, they drew that line in the sand, that they made that choice to come forward, that they recognized, Lord, that there are things in their life places, Lord, that they want, to, they want to do better. They want to be faithful, Lord, to you and that you called them to. And God, in this moment, I pray that they would experience the fullest extent of great grace, of your grace, a grace that can only come from you because, again, the world cannot offer it. God, I pray that you see them in, their, in this place that they're in our now. I pray that you see their hearts as they lay them before you. And God, that you would, in this moment, fill those places as they've repented and they've given these things to you, that you would come in and fill those places, those, those voids, and that they would know, God, that they are loved so deeply by you. God, I thank you for the significance of this moment, that as they look back on February 12th of 2023, that there was a moment where something shifted, there's something changed. Again, there was a beginning of something new 
as they stepped in and leaned in and trusted you in your word. God, I thank you for those who maybe are, are, you're dealing with still in their seats and that's, that's fine. I pray that you meet them as well in that place and in those online. God, I'm thankful that we can call out to you and cry out to you. And God, that we would truly live our lives in every area from a place of sacrifice. Because God, that is what you modeled. Lord, that is what you modeled as you, you spread your arms on the cross and were nailed there and hung there as the greatest sacrifice ever given so that we could have restored relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for each one here in this place today. I ask you to bless them and let them know your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.